Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Our listener support campaign continues. You can support the show on a one-time basis at support.greatdetectives.net. You can mail in a donation to Adam Graham, P.O. Box 15913, Boise, Idaho, 83715. Or you can send a donation via the Zelle app to box13 at greatdetectives.net. But today our focus is on the Patreon campaigns. And you can become one of our Patreon supporters by sending a recurring donation every month for as little as $2 per month. Uh, we have different levels of support beginning with the rookie level of $2 per month going up to our chief of detectives level at $30 per month. And as a Patreon supporter, you really help provide a stable basis and reliable basis for running the show. Uh, which is so helpful and really appreciated, particularly when we go through those slower periods with our one-time donations. As a Patreon supporter, you get a monthly newsletter, uh, which I'll send you out, kind of giving a heads up as to things that are ahead for different series uh, that we're doing. In addition, you have a voice in different things that I do, including our uh, summer series, which our Patreon supporters decide which series we're going to do. And they've produced such series as our summer of Bogart and our great movies over radio. So you can become a Patreon supporter at patreon.greatdetectives.net. Well, for our listener support specials, I decided to do something fun. I think I've talked about this before. And that is we're going to play some episodes of programs which we would not generally consider detective shows, but in which the lead is really playing the role of a detective. Of course, there are a wide variety of different characters who might uh, do that, but during World War II, pretty much you didn't need much of an excuse to do that. In the fictional worlds of World War II, there were access spies around every corner, and you could be called upon to thwart them. Uh, no matter who you are, if you're a star of a light comedy, you might have to stop the evil plot of the Axis. And tonight's episode sees that challenge conferred on the mayor of the town. The mayor of the town is played by the legendary Lionel Barrymore. The series began in 1942 and stayed on the air until 1949. There are around 30 episodes in existence, which doesn't do the series justice, but what we do have is pretty well-acted stuff with a lot of heart and some good comedy. The series beginning during World War II forced the mayor to focus on some difficult issues, and by this time in the series, he had taken in an English war orphan and dealt with a lot of difficulties. It should be noted that in the radio series, the character is called by everyone as the mayor, with his real name not actually being given. All right, well, that said, let's take a listen to today's episode of Mayor of the Town, the original air date, December the 9th of 1942, and this one is Enemy Agents. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
Good evening, everyone. The makers of Rinso are proud to present The Mayor of the Town, starring Lionel Barrymore. Oh, so you're the lady who stacked the breakfast dishes this morning and sneaked out of the house to do your Christmas shopping. I'll bet you were sorry when you came home all worn out if you still had to do them with a lazy old-style soap. Well, look, tomorrow, let's do it differently, huh? First off, get the new anti-sneeze Rinso. You won't want to stack your dishes then. Those rich, hard-working Rinso suds will have everything sparkling clean in a jiffy. Even the pan you fried country sausages in. Rinso doesn't make your hands rough and red either. And you'll be glad to know it costs less than a cent a day to wash dishes with Rinso. You're welcome, ma'am. And now, the mayor of the town, starring Lionel Barrymore. Heaven's sakes, this is the slowest checker game we've ever played. Where's your mind? You've got a very good move in the corner, sir. Ronnie, don't be a cubit, sir. In England, do they like people to give suggestions in a checker game or a chess game? No, sir. Mm. I'm sorry, sir. Ronnie, how, how about bringing us all in a nice glass of milk and some cookies? Oh, yes, sir. <sighs> Who on earth could that be? Well, I'll soon see. Uh, this is certainly a plotting game of checkers. Yes, sir? Please let me in quickly. Well, who are you? What's all this about? Are you the mayor? Yeah. Then you're the man I want. I- I'd like to speak to you. Well, we'll come on in the living room. Oh, thank you. Uh, are you alone? Well, Judge Tom Williams is here. I didn't catch your name. Uh, can he be trusted? Why, certainly. Judge Williams is in... Here's your milk, sir. Oh, hello. Uh, good evening, Sonny. Mayor, what I have to say must be said in the utmost privacy. Ronnie, take your milk and cookies up to your room. It's bedtime anyhow. Yes, sir. Good night. Good night, Ronnie. Good night, son. Now, Mr... Uh, uh, Withers. Mark Withers. Yes, Mr. Withers? I've come to you for help. I've, I've been to the police, but I couldn't get any help from them. They, they think I'm crazy, I guess. Well, what sent you to the police? This cane. Someone wants it. Why? I can only guess at that. Mr. Withers, suppose you start at the beginning. I'm a little confused. Very well. I'm an anthropologist. I was working abroad when the war started. It was months before I was able to book passage back here on the Clipper. What's that got to do with this cane? The man who sat next to me was carrying it. He said he'd escaped from a concentration camp in France. Well? Well, when we landed in New York, he asked me to take it off the plane for him. Said that he'd meet me in front of the Astor Hotel at 7 that night and get it back. I left the clipper with the cane hidden under my coat. Well, go on, go on. Did he meet you? No. He was murdered. Murdered? Hmm. I was in front of the Astor at seven. I saw him coming down the street. Just as he reached the front of the hotel, a gang of drunks came from the other direction. They created quite a disturbance. When they passed, he was lying in the street almost dead. Good Lord. And all he was able to say was, Clara Springer, Springdale, before he lost consciousness. Well, didn't the New York police do anything? 
Well, naturally, they arrested the drunks, but they insisted it was nothing more or less than a street brawl. Oh, the police inspected the cane as a matter of course, but they couldn't find anything unusual about it, so they sent me on my way. That was when I began to hear footsteps, and I knew they were after me now. I, I tried to stay around people, but after all, they had found a way to kill him right on Broadway. Huh. Well, it looks like a perfectly ordinary cane to me. Let me see it. Mm. Top doesn't come off. Appears to be solid wood. What did the man who gave you this cane say about it? He, he said he'd stolen it. And that the key to an international access code was hidden in the cane. That the leader of the outfit here in America was a, a heavy man who walked with a limp. <laughs> well, that sounds like dime store fiction. Mm. Oh, no. You, you've got to believe me. Well, maybe I do. I want to leave this cane with you. And then I want to see this Clara Springer. She, she must have some connection with the man who died. After all, he did say her name. It might be a clue. And then again, it might be a trap. She must be a friend of his. Mayor, will you keep the cane for me while I go down to see her? It's dangerous, I know, but well, I'm afraid to go out into the street with it. All right. You leave the cane with me tonight. I'll take it down to my office with me in the morning, and you come in about 9.30 and tell me what you found out from Miss Springer. I really don't know how to thank you. Oh, I'll take good care of your cane, Mr. Withers. And you can pick it up in the morning. Will you be all right? Oh, yes, I, I, I think so. Would you like me to come with you? No, no, thank you, don't bother. I, I think I'd be better off alone. Mm. Uh, do you mind if I go out the back door? Not at all. Here, I'll show you the way. Oh, thank you. Uh, good, good night, Mayor. Judge. Good, good night. night, good night, good night. You know, I, I'd like to go with him. I think he's endangered. Where? Do you mean you believe that preposterous story? Yeah. I think I do. Come on, let's put this cane in the safe. <laughs> I think the man's a sensationalist. He's just trying to start a little excitement. On second thought, I don't think I'll put it in the safe. Come on, let's get up to the attic. The attic? <laughs> oh, of all the nonsense. Here, you got a match? I want to light this candle. Well, what's the matter with the lights? Well, I don't want to turn them on. Oh, you're as bad as he is. Well, where are you going to put it? There's an old seaman's chest up there that belonged to my father. It has a secret compartment under the lid. It'll be safe there for a night. Come on. What's the matter with you? Uh-oh. Yes, uh-oh. Just look at what happened to this house during the night. They broke in the study window. They got in the safe, too. Call the police, Mayor, and tell them we've been robbed. Well, nothing seems to be gone. My policies are all here. My gas card's in my pocket. Oh, just look how the pillars have been ripped open. I never saw such a mess in all my born days. Well, aren't you going to do anything about this? Oh, I reckon it'll wait till after breakfast. I've an appointment at 9.30 that may throw some light on it. Our invaders obviously weren't upstairs last night, and that's all that matters. Let's eat. Oh, all right. Everything's ready. 
Came down the back stairs to the kitchen. Didn't see all this until I went in to set a place for you. The kitchen's all right. Oh, now what on earth? Why, it's the judge. Come on in, judge. What's got you over here so early? Why, you're all out of breath. Hey, did you see the morning paper, Mayor? Not yet. Then look here. Look at this. Down here in the left-hand corner. Pedestrian killed by truck. Last night, a man identified as Mark Withers <coughs> stepped out in front of a truck at the corner of Ash and G Streets. He was killed instantly. What's the matter with you two? Why are you sitting there staring like that? Why was that man anyone we know? This was murder, Judge. Huh. You'd have a hard time selling that. Well, maybe I will, but just the same, I can try. I think I'll pay a little early morning call. Miss Springer? Yes. Oh, Mr. Mayor, sir, this is an honor. Come in. Thank you. You'll you'll pardon me for seeming upset, I'm sure. The accident last night was so shocking. Oh, that poor Mr. Withers. You knew him? I met him last night. He was bringing me a cane. He left to go and get it when the accident occurred. I I guess he didn't have very good eyesight. Why was he bringing you the cane, Miss Springer? It was sent to me from France. My brother died in a concentration camp there. This cane was a last memento. He asked Mr. Withers to see that I had it. Indeed. It seems a very tragic cane, doesn't it? Yes. Everyone who has it seems to come to an early death. You didn't bring it with you? No. Uh, when may I have it? Well, I'll tell you, Miss Springer. You come to my office tomorrow morning prepared to identify and claim your property, and you can take it away with you. But, of course, if, if you can do that. Well, that may be a little difficult, and I don't want to wait that long. I'm sorry, Miss Springer. Tomorrow at ten. By the way, that's an interesting chain against the wall. Do you use one, or, or do you just collect them, perhaps? No, that belongs to a friend of mine. <laughs> friend who limps? Why, yes. A good day, Miss Pink. I'll see you tomorrow. Good day. That's the whole story. I felt it was time I explained the circumstances to the FBI. And is the cane still in the trunk, Mr. Mayor? Well, I'm sure no one would ever think of looking there. We've been on the trail of this gang for some time, but we've never been able to pin anything on them. Yet we're sure we're on the right track. Well, perhaps we can force them into the open. I have the cane, evidently they're desperate to get it. Well, let's see what the next move is. You're taking quite a chance, Mr. Mayor. Your life is undoubtedly in danger. Oh, sure. It's my job to keep Springdale in order. That goes through good and bad times. Well, just let's bide our time and see what happens. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. We appreciate that. Mm. Come on in, Judge. Marley! She's probably in the kitchen. 
Well, as I was saying, Judge, the FBI thinks we may be on the verge of discovering the whole gang. The top man's the one we want. Well, I don't like it. If that's true, then you're dealing with dangerous customers. Why don't they... I declare I don't know what you think I'm made of. The things you expect me to do. That whole living room to clean up and you send a man from the Salvation Army. Couldn't those old things in the attic have waited another day? What? What things in the attic? What are you talking about? About the man you sent from the Salvation Army. You said you told him to pick up some old things here that were in the attic. Well, you didn't let him do it. Why, yes, he said... Oh... Come on, Judge. Wait for me now. You would say... He's gone. Yes, and so are the trunks. Judge, look. Hmm? There's the Salvation Army truck at the back door. Hey! Hey, you! There's the man. He's slamming the back of the truck. Oh, we'd never catch him. Never in the world. We'll have to phone the Salvation Army to hold him. There he goes around to the... Mayor, look. He's limping, isn't he, Judge? Yes, sir, of course. He's limping. The man with the limp seems to have won the first round of the battle. We'll find out what significance this mysterious cane has in a moment. But just now, I'd like to say a few words of praise for a lady named Mrs. Georgette H. Sparks. She lives in East Orange, New Jersey, and believe you me, she rates a pat on the back. Why? Well, because, as her letter says... I just couldn't sit back and do nothing when this war started, so I went to work at a defense factory. That would be reason enough for praise, but there's more. Of course, I still have my home to look after, and that means a big basket of extra grimy clothes to wash every week. Mrs. Sparks knows the answers. It's lucky that I can depend on Rinso to soak the clothes clean and save me time and work. With Rinso, I just whisk through wash day, and I wish you could see how spotlessly clean everything becomes. With just a tiny bit of rubbing, a very bad spot. No wonder we're proud of Rinso. It helps you turn out a really, truly whitewash every week. And it saves you so much of that precious energy. I hope all you ladies will try Rinso soon. And now, back to our story starring Lionel Barrymore as the mayor of the town. Mayor, sir, I don't know what to say. You've located the truck, but it was empty. Evidently, just left it at the corner of Ash and G. Well, there's nothing else to do now but call the police. As long as I've been head of the Springdale Salvation Army, nothing like this has ever occurred before. Well, didn't you check the man's references? Oh, yes, yes. He came very highly recommended by a Mr. Jack Crothers. It's hard to get men now, you know, so we didn't check any further. Well, do you mind if I call Mr. Crothers on your phone? No, no, not at all. Uh, he's in the Andover building. That's, uh, Walnut 2990. 2990. Yeah. Walnut 2990, please. Hmm. Mr. Jack Crothers, please. Oh, hello, Mr. Crothers. Well, this is the mayor. Good afternoon, sir. I'm trying to get a line on a man you recommended to the Salvation Army. Name's Jerome Cullen. Yeah, he abandoned a truck and we're trying to find him. Oh, I see. 
Mm-hmm. All right. Yes, I'll drop right over. Goodbye. Well, what did he say? He said the man was a panhandler out in front of the Andover building, and he wanted to give him a break, so we sent him over here. He says he'll be responsible for anything that's missing. Well, I'm going over and talk to him. He may be able to help us find him. Oh, what a business. Oh, Mr. Mayor, sir, I certainly apologize. I can assure you that every effort will be made to recover your property. Oh, that's all right. That's all right, Judge. You better go to the FBI while I go up to see Mr. Crothers. We haven't any time to lose. Tell him what's happened and let him start hunting, too. In the meantime, I'll get over to the Andover building. What floor is Mr. Crothers on, son? Top floor six, Mr. Mayor. He has the whole floor. Oh, fine. Gee, Mr. Crothers is sure a swell guy. You ought to see the tips he hands out. Is that so? Well, I don't know him so well. He always seemed a very pleasant man when I did meet him. He's A number one. Mm-hmm. Well, here you are, Mr. Mayor. Sixth floor. Thank you. Thank you. Come in. Why, Mr. Mayor, this is a pleasure, sir. How do you do, Mr. Crothers? Try that chair by the window. It's quite comfortable. Uh, Cigar, sir? No, no, thank you, no. This is quite a collection of firearms you have here. Yes, yes, I'm quite proud of them. I've invited you here to see them before, if you recollect, but you never accepted my invitation. See, this one on the wall is a revolutionary musket. One at the left of it is a cavalry pistol from the Civil War. Hmm. And on my desk here, the fastest and best automatic of the day. Do you care to examine it? <laughs> it's a deadly-looking thing, isn't it? Yeah, I, I don't want to handle it. I make quite a hobby of guns, you know. That's been town gossip for years. Uh, Mr. Crowles, I know you must be busy. I won't take much of your time. Oh, the rest of my afternoon is at your disposal, Mayor. Hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. You thought I was hurrying you because I was pulling on a glove. That's just a nervous habit. You know, Mr. Mayor, I've always wanted to become better acquainted with you. I have a great respect for you. I, I've made no secret of that. Well, I've had... Uh... Have more respect for myself if I could find the man with a limp. <laughs> that sounds a little like pulp fiction, doesn't it? Oh. Well, you're looking for a man with a limp. Something like this, Mr. Mayor. Had you forgotten, or is it possible you'd never seen me walk before? You. Why, I can't believe it. You're one of our most respected citizens. Everyone knows you and thinks highly of you. Quite so, Mr. Mayor. That's been to my advantage. Then these so-called accidents have been your work. Oh, now, I can't claim credit for all of them, but we have made a beginning. Uh, don't look round, Mayor. You're not going to escape. You came here by appointment, you see, and I knew you'd come to see me. That was why I gave my name to the Salvation Army. I decided it was time that you uh, stepped into my parlor. Yeah, now that I... Where is that cane? You rifled my house, surely you knew. Evidently, you were too smart to keep it in your house. We've been through the Williams house. It isn't there either. And when I tell you, then what? Well, then I'm afraid there must be a regrettable accident. Mm-hmm. It'd be my sad duty to tell the police of it, of course. The mayor was examining an automatic, learning how to road it. As a matter of fact, it, it misfired. It's a common enough story. It's happened before. So you'll add one add... more murder to your list. Oh, you do us an injustice, mayor. A list of accidents. A man becomes involved with a party of drunks and loses his life. Another carelessly steps in front of a truck. A third is carelessly loading a gun. Oh, by the way, your fingerprints are already on it. 
that's the reason for my gloves. I don't wish to disturb Yeah, you're very clever at this business of murder, aren't you? Well, go ahead, kill me. Then you'll never find the cane. You'll tell us before you die. <laughs> never. No? I'll show you. Come in, son. Hello, Mr. Covers. Good afternoon, sir. Ronnie, what are you doing here? I brought him mayor. He wanted to see Mr. Crothers' collection. Miss Springer. Ronnie, you and Miss Springer go back into the other room and play. The mayor and I have some business to discuss. Yes, sir. You see, you wouldn't want our list to become too long. Another accident, perhaps. A boy falls from an open window. Leans just a little too far out looking down. Hmm? Now you war on children. It's a fair game with a nation of sentimentalists. Hmm. Well, Mayor, you'll tell us where the cane is now. You will tell us so we can send the boy home. Hmm? How do I know you will send him home? You'll see him go. That isn't good enough. You don't trust us? <laughs> well, now perhaps that is understandable. Miss Springer will take the boy downstairs. You'll phone your housekeeper to come and get the boy in the lobby. You may talk to her again on the house phone when she gets him if you think it's necessary. And then you will tell us. Because if you don't, it's easy enough to get the boy back. All right. Send him down. I'll tell you. Here's the phone, Mayor, and mind you, no tricks. Hello, Morelli. Hello. Now listen to me carefully, Morelli. Ronnie's in the lobby of the Andover building in the care of Miss Springer. I want you to come and get him and take him home. What was he doing here? No, oh, he was examining a gun collection of Mr. Crothers. Well, I don't care if you are baking pies. Turn the oven off and come down here. Marilly, I don't want you to wait until the pies are finished. If they're ruined, let them be ruined. Certainly, I know the food shortage. Marilly, I want you to come down here and get Ronnie immediately. It's important. Yeah, just take him home. Goodbye. Springer, take the boy downstairs. Mayor's housekeeper's coming to get him. Wouldn't I wait for him? No, 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 no. You run along, Ronnie. I may be here sometime. Yes, sir. Goodbye, sir. Goodbye. Now then, Mr. Mayor, there isn't much longer to wait. How can you think you can get away with this? You can't kill people in cold blood indefinitely. I can kill you. Yeah? But that doesn't frighten me very much. I've had a good life, and I have a few friends who'll be very interested in the manner of my dying. I may even accuse you of murder. My death may be the very means of destroying you. Not a chance, Mayor. Well, what's so valuable about this cane? Since I'm to die, I may as well know. Why not? You see, the outer layer comes off, and inside, cut into the wood, is the key to our code. And our immediate instructions as to where we are to strike first. Come in. We found the cane, sir. It was in a hidden compartment in the lid of the trunk. Here it is. Thank you. You've done well. That'll be all. Yes, sir. So you tried to fool me, Mr. Mayor. I was very foolish. I've never lost yet. Now then, you see? I take a knife and rip off the outer layer. There it is. Now, Mr. Mayor, to the business at hand. How brave you are. How triumphant you must feel. I've conquered and killed three men, you can say. A broken, weary prisoner from a concentration camp. A poor little anthropologist. 
And now an old man. No, no, no. You missed the point. Three minds are gone that dared to oppose us. It's a rather proud victory on the whole. Well, there are more to follow us, Mr. Crowley's. You'd have to kill every man, woman, and child before you could count your victory. Hello? Yes, come right up. That was Miss Springer. She said something has gone wrong. She must come up. If that kid of yours has pulled anything, it'll be too bad for her. What could go wrong? She surely can handle Marilly. I don't know. It sounds a little fishy. Why so? Wasn't that Miss Springer on the phone? Yes. Well, she'll be here any minute, and then I'll... Oh, Clara! Yes? May I come in, please? Don't reach for that gun, Crothers. Well, well, gentlemen, it looks as though I'm outnumbered, what? I don't mind telling you I'm mighty glad to see you. Mr. Crothers, may I introduce the FBI? This is quite a victory you blundered into, Mayor. You're flattering. It's overwhelming, Mr. Would you gentlemen mind telling me how you managed to arrive at this most fortuitous moment? Well, I'll tell you. My name isn't Marilli, and I don't bake pies. <laughs> Does that clear things up? Yes, yes, I see. Sometimes the feeble-minded score and surprise you. I should have made that call myself. Mayor, I congratulate you. You might tell me how you got up to this apartment. Why, Mr. Mayor, we picked up Miss Springer here in the lobby, and, uh persuaded her to call Mr. Crothers. Oh, thank you, Miss Springer. It all happened just in the nick of time. Don't mention it. Uh, Mr. Mayor, we'd sure like to show our appreciation. Thank you. Uh... Oh, shucks, I don't want to be thanked. I haven't got time for it. I have a Red Cross meeting right now. As a matter of fact, I got to run. Well, look after Mr. Crothers for me, will you? You bet we will. And any time I can help you out again, just let me know. Oh, don't forget that chain. Hardly. Say, would you mind if I take along that revolutionary shooting piece? It looked well over my mantle. Oh, please, help yourself. Hey, this is really a shooting eye. But what do you know about that? It was loaded. Well, that just goes to show you, you can never trust a spy. <laughs> When I tell you confidently that Rinso is swell, I'm just imitating the makers of 33 leading washers, all of whom officially recommend the new anti-sneeze Rinso. Yes, that includes such famous makes as your Norge washer. The Norge people know the importance of Rinso's short run, as little as five minutes per load. That's easy on your clothes and on your washer, too. Yes, everybody's raving about Rinso. Even the Bob White. Listen closely and you'll discover he's really saying... Rinso what? Rinso what? Yes, he's saying Rinso White. And here's why. Rinso white, Rinso white, happy little wash day song. Rinso white, Rinso white, birdies sing it all day long. Your fine feathered friend has a message to send. So listen, you can't go wrong. Rinse off, rinse off, happy little wash day song. 
Make yours a happy wash day. Get a giant-sized box of the new anti-sneeze rinse tomorrow. Ladies, have you enlisted in the Kitchen Munitions Brigade? Now more than ever, we need waste kitchen fats to help make explosives. So make it a point to save every drop of bacon grease, chicken fat, or meat drippings. Strain them into a clean, wide-mouthed container and store in your refrigerator. When you've collected a pound, take the fats to your butcher immediately. He'll pay you for them and send them off to help win the war. Remember, ladies, this is an important job, a war job that only you can do. Save waste kitchen fats to make explosives. Be sure to be with us again next week at this same time when the makers of Rinso again bring you the mayor of the town. And remember that Bob Burns, the Arkansas traveler, is just ahead of us over these same stations. So we hope you'll all hear this full hour of fine entertainment, the Bob Burns Show and the Mayor of the Town. Mr. Barrymore appears through the courtesy of Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer. Our script was written by Gene Holloway. All names and places referred to are fictitious. This is Harlow Wilcox wishing you all a very pleasant good night. Breaks in the middle, it's a sudden whiz, and its name is Swan. I bet you all a million bubbles. Swan soap fixes hard water troubles. Hey, diddle, diddle, it breaks in the middle. The new white floating soap called Swan. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. This is Andrea J. Graham, author of the Web Surface series. Oh, and a madam's wife. You're listening to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. Welcome back. Well, a very neat episode. Now, you get to hear Gerald Moore in this, who would later go on to play Philip Marlowe in The Adventures of Philip Marlowe. The mayor does solve the case, even if it is at the with the help of the villain revealing himself. I mean, you have to understand the reason the villain did this is that he understood he was going to be found out. Overall, a fun episode and always great to hear Lionel Barrymore. All right, well, that's it for now. If you do have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. And uh, remember to become one of our Patreon supporters, patreon.greatdetectives.net. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.